Welcome to Tim Stodds FM, a place to share new ideas, speak freely, and continuously find ways to live our best lives. And now your host, Tim Stoddart. Hey, what's up, everyone? My name is Tim Stoddart. This is Tim Stodds FM. Thank you so much for joining me. Guys, we're back. Finally. Finally settled down in Nashville. Finally was able to set some things up and have a proper interview with a fascinating person and an amazing guest. It felt great to be able to sit down and have a real conversation behind the mic with somebody. Today's guest is my new friend, Katum Pardue. Katum is the owner and the founder of Soul Theory, LLC. He is a web designer, he is a web and app developer, and he is a growing and successful entrepreneur in the Nashville area. I really enjoyed it, man. He's, he's just a, a super cool guy and a new friend of mine, and it just felt so good to sit back down behind the mic and have an authentic conversation on the podcast. So help me welcome my new friend, Kato Pardue. Katum, thank you so much for joining me. Um, congratulations on being the first podcast guest that I've had in Nashville since I moved here. Love it. Yeah, I, I can't hear. even tell you how uh, how when I joined the EC, I was really just running through the Slack channel trying to find a, as many different people as I could to to try to be a guest. And you were basically the first one that... Um, responded to me and not only responded but actually like had something interesting to say in return so like for what it's worth i know that we're just kind of getting to know each other and i hope through this show that like we can get to know each other a little bit more Love it. but for what it's worth like you really really helped me out so i appreciate it absolutely um all right so w- what, what i like to do is just kind of keep it open and we'll just have a conversation the first thing i want to learn about mm-hmm. is uh from looking at your website soultheory.com mm-hmm. You and I certainly have a lot of similarities. Um, you seem like just kind of an entrepreneurial mindset. I, I get the impression that you would probably not make the best employee. No. And, uh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I can relate to that as well. Sure. Um, so I think, and I know I'm kind of rambling here, but I'm going to get to a point. I think that we're, we're similar, although have like a little bit different styles into the work that we do because I would mm-hmm. consider myself more of like a marketer mm-hmm. and it seems like you would consider yourself more of a designer mm-hmm. or a developer. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that's like a fair representation yeah, of your sure. work? Yeah, my background is definitely in development and um, design. Uh, so high level, um, I spend most of my career actually trying to avoid becoming a programmer, avoid becoming a developer. How'd that work? Uh, I wanted to build, no, it didn't, it didn't like it went, <laughs> Completely straight, ended up being one. But uh, uh, I wanted to build a video game, believe it or not, when I was like 16 years old. And so um, I, I just downloaded this program to help you kind of build your own video game. And I'm clicking around in the program, and a script editor pops up. Uh-huh. And I'm looking at all this code, and uh, some of the comments in the code were in Japanese. So I'm like, what the heck is this stuff? Like, I don't, I don't even understand what this stuff the is. The comments in the code, you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so... I did some research. I Googled, as every developer does, um, and realized that uh, it was a programming language called Ruby. And they basically, the the inventors of that program, 
invented an engine using that programming language to help us build our own video games. And I thought that was fascinating. Mm. Um, so I wanted to build my own video game. So what I did was I taught myself very basic uh, programming languages to build a website. So I built that website um, maybe in a matter of a couple of weeks, um, built community around it. Um, and the goal, the number one goal of that website was to attract other game developers to teach me how to build my own video game. Mm -hmm. right? um, that didn't work out. So I look up. And Why like, didn't that work out? Well, six months later, I'm managing a team, a fleet of, you know, apps and, and games that other people have built and resources, um, a forums board. I think the community grew to like 6,000 people. Um, and it was just, it just took off from there. And I yeah. look up and I haven't built not one video game. So mm -hmm. I'm like, crap. I so got you're into saying the that like <laughs> the community turned into a success, but like your original goal mm -hmm. of being a game developer yeah. didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Gotcha. And that's, that's how my design and development skills stem from. It was just this passion of wanting to be, um, in the space of building video games. But, um, I did some research once the community kind of kicked off. Um, realized I could sell the website for profit, mm -hmm. so I did that, um, and then realized I could have an actual, you know, career with um, building websites and stuff. So um, I just hit that the ground running and kind of took it from there. Wow. Okay. There's two different directions that I kind of want to take that. Um, first, I'm fascinated with the gaming culture. I wouldn't consider myself a diehard gamer, although I'm I'm definitely a StarCraft player, which is like I know like the top of the nerd chain in terms of, of computer games. Right. Um but so the game is fun, but it's more so like the esports culture that for me I just find super, super fascinating. And I don't think anybody knows where it's gonna go. Um I I guess I want for somebody that maybe came up a little bit more into like the gaming culture and especially developing the games do mm -hmm. you see esports mm -hmm. like really taking off yeah, in the way that i think it will absolutely within the next 30 years we're going to start to see that really take on a massive scale um you can see it in the blogs you can see it on yeah. you know medium and everything like esports it's where it's going to be at yeah you know um i just had a conversation with a gentleman not too long ago he owns a cigar shop and he's old school and mm -hmm. so he was saying like what's the next big thing katem and i told myself i said uh if I were on the outside of, of the gaming space looking in, I would say, let's tap into esports. Let's mm -hmm. tap into immersing yourself, um, the environment becoming technology, the, the technology yeah. that we use becoming the very environment in which we consume our content and our media and our entertainment. And so I think that esports is just definitely going to be a powerful, powerful play for. So do I. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So it's also just the subculture of it that i find fascinating because it, it uh, for people that say like it's not real sports like i get what they're saying but it's the mind frame behind it which is really parallel to like real sports or physical sports whatever you want to call it mm -hmm. um you know measuring the statistics right. Right. like that kind right. of stuff where you can really get like data aggregators to kind of have like that whole money ball mentality right. behind right. it and right. That stuff kind of blows right, my mind. Right. And definitely, I mean, you being in the marketing space, that's awesome because there's going to be so many opportunities from a marketing perspective. No. You know, how do you how do you engage your uh, consumers, your customers, the people that are really, um, you know, engaging with the with the with the esports platforms? You know, so um, I just think there's just going to be so much opportunity in that. You know what I see it as? And this is always kind of a really strange comparison, but it's the one that comes to my head the most. Um, are you familiar with UFC and MMA at all? Mm -hmm. You follow it? Yeah. Well. Okay, so 
before MMA was an actual sport, it was kind of this like rudimentary sort of no holes barred kind of barbaric thing where people sort of fight each other. And then the UFC and and Dana White and this company Zufa came in there and they built like a media machine behind it right. where they actually put rules to the sport and they um, made it what's the word i'm looking for like uniform right. across all different leagues right. so that no matter where you were you knew like in soccer everybody across the world knows the rules to mm -hmm. soccer right mm -hmm. and now they made it so that you know the rules to ufc but more importantly what they did is they opened it up for like other um media publishers right. to be able to build a business around it so now there's the ufc but the ufc is like is projected um and accelerated mm -hmm. by all these other little people that just have an interest in fighting that start their own MMA blogs, mm -hmm. you know, and that mm -hmm. start their own um, little gossip video channels <laughs> or start like their own like MMA podcasts. Mm -hmm. Right. And I right. think that esports is very similar where like, sure, there's an opportunity to build um, an esports business, but I think there's real opportunity for like fans of esports to build businesses around that mm -hmm. by simply creating like media. You know, there's Twitch podcasts that that you can come up with. Right. There's blogs. There's right. YouTube channels that you can do your own um, commentating to the actual games. Right. Like I think that's going to be the real milestone that's going to explode esports. It's right. just the regular people like you and me right. creating their own like little brands around it just right. because they're fans. Right, right, right. There's Does that make sense to you? Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely opportunity to build new business models there. I yeah. mean, it's the wild, wild west right now. I know. It's what everyone keeps saying. Exactly. Yeah, and it's true. You know, so the first person who does that, I mean, they're they're golden. They're gonna know? there's gonna, gonna, gonna be some off. kind of new trajectory you know? yeah. with that. But anyway, I don't want to get too into that conversation because that's not where <laughs> while we're here. I just Love it. I find it to be so fascinating. <laughs> um so the other route that kind of sparked my attention when mm -hmm. you mentioned that was I, I see like a really a a similarity between entrepreneurs where mm -hmm they start with something and mm. then in that something they find like an opportunity mm. that isn't necessarily what it was that they started out. So mm. for me, I was a writer right. and I just liked writing and I was able to kind of connect some dots behind making content and marketing websites. Right. And you, it sounds like you wanted to build games, but right. then you saw that there was an actual opportunity like building a website and right. then taking that off as a business. Right. Do you have you seen that commonality? Yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it 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 really came out of necessity. Um, you know, I started with that website and just took those skills and just took it a step further with my life and, and my career. And so, went to college at Austin P State University. That's in Clarksville, Tennessee. That's home for me. Nine three one. And uh, once I graduated, <laughs> you know, once I graduated, yeah, I had to put the plug in there. Man, <laughs> I my see that. Um, once I graduated. Um, you know, I, I just realized, you know, I need to kind of take this a step further because I was doing freelancing um, for websites. I saw opportunity in that. Right. I was making ends meet doing freelance work while I was in college. Um, and then again, like once I graduated, I just said, you know, I'm going to keep pushing this forward. So I did end up getting a job. Um, I worked at um, Assurian um, down here in downtown, actually couple of streets down the way. So if you've ever like went to Verizon or Sprint or something and you bought a new phone and they said, hey, do you need insurance with your phone? You know, that's the company that would, you know, sell you the insurance. And so I worked for them, worked for Sprint 
um, under that company for, I think, eight months. Wow. I got hit with a corporate layoff. And uh, best thing that ever happened to me, coming fresh out of college, you know, um, where most people, they would see failure or, you know, stress a lot of times, you know, I just saw opportunity. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw I saw an opportunity to kind of take my passion that transformed into something bigger than myself um, and just continue pushing forward. So when I got laid off, you know, I LLC the business Soul Theory and, uh, you know, still work to make ends meet with uh, additional you know, jobs here and there. But um, eventually, you know, it just allowed me to kind of step into it full time. And so um, in December of last year, 2017, is Mm -hmm. when I officially, you know, jumped ship and said, hey, I want to be a full time entrepreneur. And I've always had that passion that and that grit and that hunger, you know, Um, it's just it takes time, you know, it's not something that you just wake up and say, Hey, I'm an entrepreneur. Like it it definitely takes time because not everyone's built for this entrepreneurial lifestyle. True. You know, and you have to know, you know, who you are as an entrepreneur. So you could say, you could look up, you can look up at like, you know, your Gary V's or, you know, all these <clears throat> entrepreneurs who are like, just go hard day in and day out. Right. Um, if that's not you, don't do that. Like, that's not you do what fits you, you mm. know? And so, uh, for me, it just took a little time. Um, but companies that I was working in, not only did I build great relationships with those people, um, but I learned some valuable lessons on how to uh, capitalize on opportunity while I was there. So um, that's very important for an entrepreneur, especially one that's if they were like me, they were working a full time and then doing their you know entrepreneur stuff on the on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, in order to kind of shift that model, you have to understand where you are today, where you're going, know you know all the opportunities around you, and capitalize on them. You know, I'm really glad that you had mentioned that. If that's not your style, then don't do it. Um, so I wrote a really long blog post this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't actually publish it yet because it's long enough that I want to go back and edit it. But mm-hmm. a lot of what I said, I, I mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk because I worry sometimes that a lot of the messaging that is sent to entrepreneurs, especially younger entrepreneurs, because it seems like that's where like the new kind of trend or whatever is going Mm -hmm. that it's all about hustle and it's all about grind. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if you're not doing more, do more, do more. And in my experience, I I don't think that that's like the best way to approach building a business. Right. It's not, it's, I, I, it's good to hear you say that Mm because it's just alarming to me sometimes that, you know, like more Instagram pictures, more videos, more content, like more networking. And I think that people are missing the intent, the 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 purpose behind like the work that we're actually right. doing. You know, like <laughs> what is the point of this Instagram post? What yeah. is the point of this blog article? Yeah. yeah. And instead of just putting more out there, having an actual like strategy and a method right. behind what they're doing. Right. It is fascinating because I think the society norms of that like have stemmed from oh you've you've got to continue like pushing forward and kill yourself and work countless hours on the weekends like mm-hmm. you know that's BS you know um, you have to put in the work sure and that's a message that all entrepreneurs share you know um, but again it's it's you've got to find that balance so for me. I look up to the Gary Vaynerchuks. I look up to the Tony Robbins. I look up to, you know, 
countless entrepreneurs who have made, um, you know, astronomical impact, not only in the marketplace, but in our everyday lives. Mm -hmm. But then I say to myself, I'm not them. I can learn something from them, but I'm not them. And so for me to connect with those individuals, it's not to say that I don't share those values as much, but I understand even more that what they're sharing with me on, on my, uh, in helping my entrepreneurial journey, I need to, it's like, it's like eating the steak and leaving the bone. You know, it's, it's that sort of mentality. You have yeah, to take what you need, take what you need. It's just, don't get too far into the weeds of like their success that you fail to realize that you're on your own specific journey as well with mm -hmm. entrepreneurship. And, you know, I just think that society plays this game with us that like, if you're not sharing content 24 seven on Facebook and Instagram and like got all your ducks in a row with entrepreneurship and your business, that like you're failing. And here's the problem with that idea we're supposed to fail, right? Yeah. Like fa failure is success is only made from standing on top of your failures. Mm -hmm. But the problem is entrepreneurs have this fear that they're not doing well. If they're not, you know, getting so many likes on their Facebook post or the, yeah. you know, that, that sort of stuff. And so I say to myself, that's not real impact. You know, real impact is legacy. Real impact is the reputation that you lead. Um, not only with yourself, but with your business. And so when people can tell you that you do well um, with the products or services that you offer, that's a successful business to me. And yeah. that's the impact that you want to leave behind. You know, you don't want to leave this trail of content that just is trying to map to nothing. You know, what's the end goal with that? Yeah, you know? that's such a good way to, that, that's such a good way to actually define that message that I've been, trying to wrap my head around how to get out there. And it's really refreshing to hear somebody else have that, that point of view because I keep using the word worry. Right. And I don't want to seem like it's like this anxiety that's bothering me. Mm -hmm. It's more an anxiety that I see other people. I want to share my journey with other people. And mm -hmm. I think that some of the lessons that people can apply that mm -hmm. have real value mm -hmm. is that attention you know, right. like, quote, attention is not what it is that you're searching for. Mm. If your goal of the business is to, like, make money, mm -hmm. which last time I checked, that's the goal of <laughs> my <is>. business. <laughs> I want know? them to hear that, too. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the goal. <laughs> then, then I think you need to, like, maybe tone down your, your attention seeking right. and, like, turn up your profit seeking. Or right. even if it's not profit, your revenue seeking or... Right. You know, even if it's a nonprofit, you're impact seeking. Right. Less attention, less, less value on likes and attention and web traffic, and more value on like personal impact. How right. did you affect somebody's life? Right. How have you made their life better with your work and your art? Right. It's super refreshing to hear somebody else kind of share that message because sometimes I, I get in my head about it and I see all these messages on you know, entrepreneurial boards and conversations. And I think to myself, like, am I doing this wrong? Right. You know, is it like kind of a popularity contest now right. or is it actually like about building a business? Right, right. We've, as a society, I'll say this, we've glorified the definition of an entrepreneur, right? It's esoteric at this point, mm. you know? Um, I believe that, you know, entrepreneurs are not meant to be clones of each other. Mm -hmm. that, that what you're seeking to solve in the world is 
just as important as what I'm seeking to solve. And when we come together with our own unique, not only differences, but similarities as well, you know, that's when that cohesiveness of, of entrepreneurs can really change the world and impact the world. And at the end of the day, right, you, you had mentioned this, it's business is about making the money, right? Mm -hmm. Making the net profit. But um, we get so caught up into the sales and, you know, trying to figure out how to gain someone's attention to, mm -hmm. you know, and again, at the end of the day, when you lay down at night and you, you put your head on your pillow, you just say to yourself, did I make an impact on someone's life today? And if the answer is yes, you were, you had a successful day, you know, um, entrepreneurship is not a race. It is a marathon. Yeah. It is a life. It is, it is a lifestyle, a lifelong lifestyle. Yeah. And you're going to have, it's a roller coaster. You're going to have ups, you're going to have downs. But if you don't have a passion for helping people and solving these problems that want to really life, you're going to have those problems and you're going to feel the way you feel about where you are because you don't have the right mindset yeah. about what it is you're stepping into. And that's the biggest piece for me. When I, when I realized that my mindset had to change in order for my business to grow, right? that's when it started to grow. That's why I was able to kind of step away from full time and you know do my own thing. But I I, I do believe that you know entrepreneurs are going to change the world, no matter what industry, you know, um, you know, no matter what service or product you're providing, um, because we're just we're people that don't quit. Yeah, I do too. I uh, I think that with what, what am I trying to say here? I think that in order to build like the systems that we need, mm -hmm. um, like too deep into the weeds here, but like if you look at the energy systems and some of the changes that we need to make right, or, right. Or, or whatever, what have you, um, you can't build those things on like good intentions. Mm -hmm. Those kind of things, those big changes, the impacts on the world need some kind of like monetary system to build them. Mm -hmm. They need to fund them. People need to actually build it and people need to get paid in order to build it. So the the an entrepreneur coming in mm -hmm. to solve some of these problems, I think is 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 critical mm -hmm. because who else is going to do it? Who else is going to do it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nobody else is going to do it but us. So. Exactly. I agree. Um, okay. So it, it seems like you and I are very aligned in that. You had mentioned the ups and the downs. Mm -hmm. I'm always fascinated by people's downs. Mm. What were some of like, I call the fall on your face moments that, that you had so far in your journey where like you tried something and, <laughs> you know, you fell on your face and you said, okay, I'm not going to do that again. Yeah, I think one of the biggest challenges um, in growing a business is building the right team around you. You know, um, entrepreneurs I they, totally agree. You know, they tend to want to they wear many hats, and for especially for an entrepreneur that's bootstrapping their business, um, you know, it's it's even more important that you know they've got a handle on all different functions of their business, and so they wear many hats. But at some point or another, the business needs to grow outside of the the, the, mm. the head of the helm, right? Um, and so when I realized that I started to build a team around me, um, and one of the biggest, um, problems that I had, um, was that the team that I was building around me, uh, I tended to hire people just like me. And 
because I felt more comfortable being around them. Yeah. And I realized that like that was actually detrimental to me. Yeah. Moving forward because you know, because I was part of my That's all good. <laughs> um that's detrimental to me because um I was so comfortable being around them that I never saw much progress in my business. You know, I was missing out on other things that could have been solved in my business and problems and streamlining business processes and and just knowing about certain things in my business um because i just had people just like me and so um you know i made the decision as an entrepreneur should as the leader of an organization should to get rid of them and hire people that do things that i'm not good at and so the goal of an entrepreneur is to get yourself out of your business replace yourself right replace yourself right yeah. you know this and so you know you look for people that are do well in your strengths and you hire those people and so when i fell on my face i i hired a lot of people that were just like me in terms of mindset in terms of you know delivering software development needs um but here's the thing that i realized about my business when i did fall is that i realized that our customers are not paying us to build websites or mobile apps mm. Our customers are actually paying us for peace of mind. <laughs> you know, when they come to us, they know that Soul Theory is taking care of the problem, and they, they don't they ever don't, have to worry about having a headache anymore. Yeah, and so that's what they're paying. That they pay top dollar for that, and so that's great for us. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that, I said, okay, now that I understand that, on the business development side of my business, who do I need to put in place? On the administrative side of my business, who do I need to put in place? On the accounting and bookkeeping side of my business, who do I need to put in place? And so I put those people in place and my business has just skyrocketed ever since then. And when you just when you tap into that, when you build a team around you, that's when you raise your hand, you say, hey, I'm not good at this stuff. I need your help. Yeah. You know, you have to relinquish some of that at some point as the business grows or else it's going to cannibalize itself. Of course. Or it's going to be so linear that it never grows. It never grows. Yeah. And so a business, the only way it can survive is if it grows, you know, whether it be a small growth or an exponential growth, you know, um, you have to grow the business. And the way to do that is to build great, great people around you um, and provide them the tools and resources that they need. So, yeah, that was the biggest challenge for me. And that actually just happened just very recently, maybe like eight months ago. Wow. And I think I lost out on six figures of that. Like mm -hmm. I invested so much money, so much capital, so much of my own time and money. Um, and the team just wasn't the right sort of team. Right. Um, and you just have to own up to that and say, Hey, you know, that's just a mistake that will never happen again. Definitely. Aside from the money monetary issue, it was more of like, how do I become a better leader? How do I become the type of leader that I know is going to help my business push forward? Because at the end of the day, I'm not going to be doing this for 20, 30 years, right? You know what I'm saying? You Again, it's the goal of getting out of your business so that your business can run without you. Yeah. So what do you do? You build a great team. You build great, great systems. You build great processes. You teach people. You educate people. You give them the resources that they need. And you let them do what they do best. And you mm -hmm. step out of their damn way. You know, And that's what's important to help your business grow. That's what I did. Man, you and I are so similar. And from this simple conversation, I can tell that you and I share a lot of the same values in that way. Um, this isn't the first time that I brought this up on the podcast. And so anybody listening, if you're sick of hearing me talk about it, too bad, I guess. But have you ever read The E-Myth by Michael Gerber? I have not. Uh, I hear it's, it's a classic. It's one that everyone should read. 
Yeah. In terms of like books that everyone should read, um, it's certainly right up there. I think mm -hmm. Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill mm -hmm. is, yeah, for sure. yeah, is you need to yeah. read it. And I, I think the E-Myth, those two books within themselves basically taught me taught, taught me um, how to get out of my own way, mm. is what you said. And mm. the E-Myth is just all about building systems around people so that you can put yourself in a position where you're not actually working in the business, but you're working on the business. Right. So right. where your soul your sole mindset is to grow the company as a whole right instead of working in the actual individual departments and right. it's it's hard it sounds like you learned the lesson of uh a lot of anxiety goes in to having this this little seed, this company that you grew and knowing that like you can do all the little parts of it and you can do it exactly the way you want it right. because it makes you comfortable. Right? right. And then to say like, okay, this is up to you now and I'm not going to hover over you. Right. And I'm not going to constantly ask you how things are going. I'm going to trust you right. to take care of this thing that I care so much about. Right. I don't care who you are. There's a lot of anxiety that goes into that and, yeah. and building those teams is like, right super difficult but it sounds like you're coming out the other end where you're really reaping sort of the benefits of of not being so inundated with like the day-to-day -day. right right the sooner you can do that the better you'll be and here's the here's here's the truth the truth of the matter is i'm not all the way there yet you mm -hmm. know but um i definitely learned that lesson i the same lesson that you learn in the e-myth is the lesson that i learned in this book called built to sell i highly recommend people read that one and built to sell basically is you know joe Smo owns a business he does um you know he's a full service agency right and he's up to his neck with all the work he's got uh, insurmountable amount of work mm -hmm. um and like four particular clients are helping him you know with his business in terms of like finances and stuff so if he lost one or two of those game over right um he goes to a consultant his mentor and he says i'm i need help Long story short, the mentor says, you're doing too much. You need to focus on one thing. Stop doing everything that you're doing. Focus on one thing. And that one thing you need to focus on is the thing that you, you, you're really good at the most. Sure. And so what is that? And he said, you know, we're really, really good at building logos, making logos. And so he, he basically redid the entire business around making logos. Now, you, I know you might say, well, how do you sell a business that you know, all we do is making logos. Well, he did it. And he, he talks about it in his book. Of course you can. You know, I think it's possible. And for not Absolutely. only for it, you know, them, but anyone, you know. So he, he just opened my mind on like, what are some of the things that you need to do in order to, you know, reach your goals? And his particular goal was to sell his business in 10 years. And he did that. And he wound up with uh, a $5 million exit. And he didn't have to stay a, a year or two after he sold the business. Um, just to help flipped the, it. Yeah, just flipped it. Game over, you know, so he wins. I'm interested in reading that book. Um, I I read an article on Moz one time mm -hmm. that completely changed my life. And gosh, it was, I forget what the name of the guy is. He, he runs an agency called Nifty Market, specializes in local SEO. So mm -hmm. all he does is, is small business, local search engine optimization. And he said that that when he was starting his agency, he was talking to a mentor and the mentor said, 
I can't remember the exact number, but I think there's 30,000 different marketing agencies in the country. Like, why are you any different than any of them? Right. You're just doing the same exact thing. Right. And he said that's when he realized that he had to specialize. Yes. And so we specialized in just one thing. I'm just going to be the best that I possibly can be yes. at local SEO. Yes. And when I read that, um, that's when I decided to specialize Stazi, yes. my agency as well. And, yes. and we have a very, very specific niche. And, yes. you know, it, it's it's kind of a juxtaposition because you think that you're cutting yourself out of all of this potential business, which is is true. Right. You know, like ninety nine percent of the companies in the world, right? I don't really have the not the chance, but I'm not really like applicable to work with at right. this point. But it doesn't matter because I'm just one person. I don't need to work with one hundred percent of the businesses in the world. I just right. need to work with a few. Right. And a few can really get you a long way in yeah. terms of growing <laughs> a business. You know. Yeah. So, um. I said almost as like a, a prerequisite to think and right. to ask if you have implemented that into soul theory at all. Do you do you specializations? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we tend to work with um, established entrepreneurs, um, entrepreneurs who already own a business who are doing maybe 500K to a million in sales a year. Um, we like to focus on those entrepreneurs because they've already established business processes. Mm -hmm. They've already got systems in place. They're already using technology that we know to be the best technology out there to grow a business. And so we step in and we say, hey, you know, you know, we kind of throw this out there. We say, what would be, you know, the number one problem that we could solve in the next six months, in the sure. next three months, in the next four months? Usually that one thing that they're that they have a problem with is the thing that we need to focus on most. Yeah. And so we step in, we integrate with their own business process, their own team, um, and we solve that problem with excellence, you know. Um, that's where we specialize. We can come in and say, hey, we understand how you do work. You know, here's how we do work as well. Let's mesh the two worlds together. Are you missing PMO, project management? We've got project management processes in place because a lot of times that's how businesses are failing. Mm. They don't have a grip on the roadmap of the products or services that they're offering, where their business is going. And technology can help alleviate a lot of that problem and a lot of that headache. Just so happens for us in the technology space, uh, we... We feed off of project management. That's how we get work across the board. Cool. And so we step in and we say, hey, as a service to you, the way we can do work with excellence is we'll bring you as part of our project management process. We'll bring you on board and um, it'll help your business a whole lot. And so before we even take a dollar from these guys, you know, they're already seeing tons and tons of value out of us. We take that a step further and we say, hey, you know, a week, let's have these follow up conversations. Let's have these consultations. These are part of the package of policy, your business grow. And so my motto is this. I'm not in the space of technology to build technology for the sake of technology. Yeah. I'm in the business of building relationships, of building rapport, of building influence with you as the owner of your business, as the stakeholder of your business, because that's what's going to help my business grow at the end of the day. Absolutely. You know I mean? And that's what we really, really, at the end of the day, that's what we specialize in. It's building those great relationships so that they can trust us. Because our motto is quality and website development services you can trust. Mm. And so a lot of these entrepreneurs who have been established have been burnt in the past. Especially by developers, developers. and, and yeah. web guys. Yeah, and we understand that. And so one of the key strengths that I have as owner of my business is I understand technology, how to build great software. I'm a developer. But at the same time, I've also got business acumen. I understand how to build and scale a business. So I can translate those 
those requirements of technology to a business stakeholder in a way that that, that they can understand that they understand how it impacts their bottom line, how it impacts their expense. And that's why they're putting everything that they can in us because we want to do the same for them. You said something earlier and you've already taken so much time to talk to me and I won't take up too much more of your time. I, uh, you said something earlier that you don't actually get paid to build websites. You get paid for peace of mind. Mm. And like, I appreciate that so much because if, if Stasi has a motto, um, it's, it's that same, it's that same exact thing. There's some weird, sort of unspoken rule in right. tech companies mm -hmm. that you know we understand this language that everybody mm. else doesn't understand so mm. because of that like mm. we're not going to take the time to just speak to you like a human right and <laughs> and i swear to god the most valuable thing i mean we're expert seos mm -hmm. and i really mean that and i mean that in like as humble way as i could possibly say yeah. like we're expert seos sure. we we're not like the best at other stuff right but when it comes to seo like we're really good at it yeah with that being said, I don't think that providing the best SEO is really where a huge majority of our value comes from. I think a huge majority of our value comes from our reporting mm -hmm. because we spend so much time on reports to make sure that our clients really understand where their money is going right. and what they've gotten out right. of that. And right. I really think it's that like simple communication right. gap that keeps us from having to always be finding more clients right. because we hold on to them for a right. long time. Right. That's great. I think that's the name of the game. Really. That is. That is. When you can unfold and uncover something about someone's business for them and lay it out in a way that they just they'd never seen before and they, they like instantly get it. It's yeah. just it's an eye opener. They're they're a customer for life. You know? you have that. You're a great communicator, man. You're super, super well spoken. Thank you. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I don't mean to be like fluffing you up on this podcast, but I, even listening to you, it's like mm -hmm. when I talk, like I'm a I'm a pretty good communicator, which mm -hmm. is why I think I'm a pretty good salesman. But I get a little too like fucking excited sometimes, you know, and yeah. like I'm all over the all place over, right? and I'm moving my hands. You just you're super like methodical with your message. I think that I think you're gonna be be great i appreciate it man you as well man i thank, thank you, you so much for the opportunity to be on your platform oh it's my pleasure so um before we wrap this up let me give you the opportunity i mean obviously it's soultheory.com mm -hmm. um you know please tell people how they can get in touch with you yeah. like what the best scenario for a working relationship would be like oh yeah yeah, yeah yeah so uh soul theory llc uh, my name is katem i'm the owner uh feel free to reach us at soultheory.com uh, email me at Kadem, K-A-D, two E's as an elephant, M as in Mary, at soultheory.com. My assistant, Ruby, ruby at soultheory.com. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, anywhere. The whole deal, anywhere. Huh? Yeah, all <laughs> the stuff, everything out there. You'll see us. It's the it's the icon you can't miss, the Adam with the uh, with the fire emblem in the middle. Great, man. I'll link all that up in the show notes of the blog. Um, thank you so much, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I Pleasure really appreciate here. your time. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. If you could leave a comment, leave a rating on iTunes is the best thing you can do to help support the show. Really, really appreciate you guys. Thank you so much one more time. Talk to you next week. Peace. Hey guys, it's me. It's Tim. One last time before we wrap up, just wanted to say thank you for tuning into the podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave me an honest rating. Please follow me on Spotify. It's the best thing you can do to support the show. If you want to find out more, go to timstods.com. Feel free to fill out the contact form to reach out to me personally. I always respond. I appreciate you guys so much. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one.